720 WGN. Hello there. It's Amy Guth and Jen Bosworth in for Justin Kaufman tonight. Hello. How are you? Hello, everybody. How's it going, Jen B? It's going well. Happy Labor Day unto you. Happy Labor Day unto you as well. What'd you do? What did I do today? I took a family walk. So (laughs) with the little dog, Pee Wee Horton. Horton and my husband, Miles Horton, we went to a park and we walked and it is it was beautiful. And it was also the first time we took Pee Wee Horton to a large park. And he did well. He only growled and barked at one human <laughs> out of five. Did that human deserve it? Probably. Because sometimes well, dogs Pee-wee know Horton doesn't who's like a big Because you can't see people's faces. You know, I stopped to pet a little dog in the neighborhood the other day. And the lady was like, mm, she doesn't. Um, no, we don't do hats. And I was like, oh, my oh. bad. Because I had a ball cap on. Like, yeah, ball right. caps. It's just because it, it, for Pee Wee, uh, either A, he was hurt by someone in a hat. But most likely it's they can't read your how sweet your face is. I got a pretty sweet you face. You do. Not really at all. <laughs> <laughs> Not so sort of. the dog can't tell who's who, what's what. But also our dog is just weird. So there's no telling Your why Your dog he is a little bit neurotic. He's perhaps. so neurotic. He needs, you know, he's going on medication. Did I tell you that? No. Oh, yeah. He'll be on some kind of medication soon. Like a like anxiety? An anti, anti-anxiety, a little Xanax really? for dogs. Yeah. Little angel bear. He can't not doggy pet. So if you're not petting him at all times, he goes, <laughs> he makes a mooing groan. So he's he's needy. Yeah. He's a needy He needs guy. help. So anyway, we took a family walk. Okay. And um, what else did I do? I watched a little, watched a little true crime. Um, we watched a little uh, true true crime and to get ready for tonight. Yes, because we're going to be talking with author Tori Telfer about her book Lady Killers, all about female serial Which killers. Is like my dream come true. Deadly women. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. So that's what I did. What'd you do? I went to the uh, the Fight for Fifteen rally, and I I like to go to anytime there's a, an event like that. I like to go and and get audio interviews because the first time I ever really covered a protest was. In the early 2000s, under the Bush administration, and I was really disillusioned because a lot of people were like, I was like, the question I like to ask people yeah. is, what brought you out here today? And and at that time, there were plenty of good answers, but a lot of people were like, this is our Vietnam. Or th- and I was like, what? You don't even know why you're here. You're just, you just want to be part of something. And yeah. that's valid, but I thought, that's, you know, that's a bummer. And so I've been going to... Um, Anytime there's any kind of, uh, you know, big protest activity for anything, really, I try to go and I ask people, I try to aim for at least 10 people. um, And I ask them, you know, tell me your name and what brought you here today. And then I try to get some audio interviews with event organizers if I can and just kind of make these little vignettes of all these different. You put them on the Twitter? I put them on uh, Instagram. Yeah, I put them on social media. I put them on SoundCloud. And yeah, anybody that follows me, I'm at Amy Guth, G-U-T-H, on every platform. So you okay. can just find them there. Um, but I got a lot of really good audio awesome. today. Um, I had a really, um, uh, Reverend Jesse Jackson was there and I, I had my recorder and I just walked up to him and cool. talked to him. I had a great conversation with him, but he was in kind of a wind I, tunnel. No, <laughs> so the audio is not good, but I did want, get one little clip of That's him fine. saying I mean, something nice. I'm glad you got the one. And because he had a really beautiful things to say. But then when I listened back, I was like, man, he was standing in the wind. And there's no way to like, clean it up. I tried. I got it sort of far, but not really. Okay. Uh, I talked to former Governor Pat Quinn. Um, he had some great things to say about the importance of uh, remembering the purpose of Labor Day and making sure that the people uh, people are being paid fairly and have a living wage and all that. So, um, And then I just t- started talking to random people in the crowd and 
Um, I try to get a good range of people. Sure. You know, I, uh, there was a lot of young people there, but there was, I talked to one woman who's been an activist for a labor activist for like 20 something years. And she said, and now cool. in my retirement, I can just do it more. So wow. it was cool. That's yeah. amazing. It That's really good. fun. So yeah, I've, I've, it's interesting going to all these events and sometimes there are very different groups there. Sometimes you'll see a lot of them. Sometimes you'll see labor representatives there, but sometimes it's, it, it depends on what the thing is for. Where was it? Today? This one started uh, at a McDonald's at 18th and Ashland in Pilsen, okay. and then it wa- then it marched up to the Thompson Center and then up to the American Hospital Association on Wacker. So okay. it wasn't far from here, and uh-huh. it was uh, it was I mean it was a really it, there was a lot of people and a lot of different unions, uh, hospital workers and nurses, uh, right? Or... Everybody, everybody, everybody was there. Wow, it was great. Good, it was. Cool. That's a good. That's a good Labor Day. That's a good Labor Day. That's really what Labor Day is all about. So I, I went and did that, and I was trying to get all the audio ready because I was going to share a little bit tonight. Yeah. I had so much because I had so many good conversations with people. I, it sounds like it. It sounds like you you really, you really went for it and I got mean, them. That that's one of my favorite things to do. I love to just walk up to a stranger and strike up a conversation. And luckily, you know, the job that we got, we, we get to do that. We do get to do that. Ask them questions. Yeah. So I just walk up and say, hi, Amy Guth from WGN Radio. <laughs> Can I ask you a couple questions? And I only had two people say no. I usually don't get many that say no. Because um, yeah, if you're, I mean, I guess people might be scared or whatever. But if you're at a rally like that, a lot of people are brave to begin with. Do right. you know what I mean? Right. It depends yeah. on what it is. I mean, yeah. there was like a, an immigration rally that I was really careful about because some people were like, I don't want to be on the record. Yes. I'm like, I get it. That's fair. Um, this one, one person said, I would love to, but I'm really shy. I so I said, it's okay. I said, I'll tell you the three questions I'm going to ask you. And she was like, oh, I'm really scared. I don't want to do it. I said, okay. I'm, okay. I'm not going to pressure you. No, to do it. right. Yeah, You're not going to force people. And then the other guy, I said, hi, my television radio, do you, uh, you know, you want to answer a few questions about why you're here today? And I cannot repeat what he said. Oh. Because he just said, I don't talk to the media because the media doesn't show up to things. And I was like. But I'm, I'm here. literally here right now asking. Am I not the media? <laughs> Fake media? What's going on here? I was here? like, what are you talking about, sir? Anyway, so I just kind of laughed and walked off. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, it takes all kinds. Meet all kinds of people, probably. You really do. And uh, yeah, so I, I talked to all kinds of people and, and had some great conversations. And I mean, it's interesting for, for, especially for such a focused event as this one. And, you know, it's all about labor, the labor movement, and, and, and fight for 15, meaning $15 an hour is minimum wage. Um, you would think something that focused as opposed to like the women's march right right? even at something that focused i got such a wide variety of answers when i said what brought you here today why was it important for you to be here a wide variety of answers which is cool do you you like that i I was wondering like if if you think that in terms of organizing and stuff it's better to have a focused thing or are you always going to have different people for it doesn't matter i don't i don't know that it matters i think as long as everyone's clear on why they're there each person's clear on their own yeah. their own um, reasoning. I think it is important to show up if you believe strongly in something. You know, yeah. if you feel like, hey, this is here's my rule. If you catch yourself going, I am mad about this, yes. and someone's got to do something about it, then then that someone should be you. Yes, I I have it never in my life done that until this year, and I just was sitting at home and during one of these events, and I thought. I'm here with my crock pot. I cannot be doing this anymore. I am my crock pot. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what am I doing? No. Get in the car and go. Yeah. So I did. Yeah. 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 You gotta so, do what you gotta feel. What so you feel I, is right. Right. And I try to I try to go to as many of them as I can. I mean, sometimes I'm just on the air and I can't go. Right. Um, but I try to go to as many as I can. And I think it's important. Um I think it's important 
and what and here's what I've noticed ever since the um, the travel the ex- executive order on travel. Yes. Um, I was at the airport that night. Me I was too. on the air and then left and went right to the airport. And I was asking people, you know, what brought you here tonight? And again, got a wide variety of answers. I mean, they were a little more focused at that one. Um, but I thought it was really interesting. <clears throat> Excuse me, because that night. That's okay. Amy's going to choke to death. <laughs> She's going to okay. be okay. She's I'm okay. okay to death. I'm good now. She's good. Um, but that night, one person, one, one young man said, you know, I'm so touched. Um, he said, this really is mostly um, impacting my community, but all these people are here, and it, even when they don't have a stake in it, and it wouldn't affect their family, who I'm waiting to fly, you know, right. his, his, I think he said his aunt was flying in, in, and he was like, she, she's stuck somewhere, and I don't know where. Yeah. I don't know what airport she's in, but she's stranded, and look at all these people that are here, even though they don't have a stake in it, right. and I think that's really important to do. I think it's important to show up if you think something is nonsense. Show up, yeah, even if it of, doesn't affect right, you. Because if you're sitting, like you said, if you're sitting, if you find yourself sitting at home and you feel terrible and you're angry and yet you do nothing about it, that helps no one. Exactly. It, even, it doesn't help you. Which is why I have been railing and railing and railing against the phrase, I can't even. You know what? I can't even with I can't even. <laughs> you know what? I, I agree. Because I, we can't. Well, and, we, and you have to. And you do. Because and, and here's the thing. I was like, look, there, there's... There are certain groups of people that would love to exterminate me and my people. Yeah. Like I'm Team Hanukkah here. Yeah. So I'm saying that is the case whether or not I can even or not. Well, here's the so thing. I think it just yes. feels so privileged yes. to be able to say, oh, I can't even or I can't deal with this right now. I believe in self-care. Know your limits. If sure. it's overwhelming sure. you and upsetting you, I get that. But generally like, oh, I'm worn out by this. I'm like, that's very privileged to be. Well, it's also... Yeah, it's also like, uh, could you stretch a little? Let's grow a little here. Right, like, I'm let's, sorry, it's inconvenient for you that your timeline is pull filled it out with for things the people. that are freaking you out. Let's but pull it out for the some people. Some people don't get the option to, right. can't even. Yeah, I mean, democracy, you know, we got to fight for it. We got we to gotta protect it, to me, whatever that means to you. Yeah, means- and can I, here's my PSA for tonight. Yeah. Um, as the, the DACA announcement happened, you know, yes. not... As it's, it has not officially happened, but Politico had a story yeah. yesterday that said, according to two unnamed sources, tomorrow, right? That it was going to happen tomorrow. And immediately a lot of people kind of got really upset. Which is the Dreamers Act, if people don't right. know. Yeah. And so here's the thing I started noticing that I think is really not cool. People, I was seeing people sending tweets asking other people, oh, hey, how do you feel about this? But in effect, kind of calling people out. Yeah, outing people. Yeah, outing not people cool. who might be impacted not by cool. that. And I'm just like, that's not. Whether you, however you feel about that issue, personal thing. Like you don't, I I don't think it's cool. No, that's the thing with social media. Stitches (laughs) is what I say about that. (laughs) (laughs) Or just like pipe down, talk from your own experience. That's what I like. I like you do you. Yeah, I'll do me. Exactly. Everybody will be fine. Exactly. Keep your hands off the Twitter. (laughs) Don't do the Twitter. The Twitter's great. Just be cool. Be cool. I, I saw, I went out of my way to go find this guy who I saw, he was schooling somebody. This okay. guy, this guy said something that was inaccurate and the guy was like, Hey, actually here's the deal. And he spent three tweets doing it, but not an ounce of snark, just love yeah. and kindness. And here's the accurate information. And, um, anyway, thanks. Have a great night. And, and that's how he ended it. And I went and found him and I was like, you handled that so kindly and beautifully. And I appreciate you for doing Aww. that because yeah. it's so easy to be like, well, oh. actually, idiot. It's well, this. it's so easy. And on, on social media, wow. Because you don't have to look at another you human don't being's to, face. You don't have to look in yeah. their, into their eyes. That's right. All right. I 
I'm going to take a break. Okay. We're going to do this. We're going to go on break. And when we come back, we are talking, well, we're going to be talking with an author here in a bit. And I'm real excited. I'm real excited, about excited female too. killers, light uplifting <laughs> stuff. But it is really interesting. Any any kind of history stuff is so interesting to me. I love the history. And you like the crime stuff. So this is kind crime. of the perfect book for us. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Tori Telfer is going to be in. We're going to be talking with her. It's going to be awesome. Back in just a bit on 720 WGN. Seven twenty WGN. Hello, it's Amy Guth and Jen Bosworth. Um, Jen, somebody was a school in me on Twitter saying that all this time <laughs> I'm rude and a bad friend because Why? I've been saying your name wrong. Oh my god! And and he was saying you're wrong to say. Were you calling me? This is. Were you saying this is? Uh, I pronounce it Smith. Scarlett What's the big Johansson. Deal? <laughs> What's going on? I, he said, you're wrong to say Bosworth, and he put like several Zs, B-O-Z, Bosworth. It's okay. Bosworth, it's, like a snake slithery here's, hiss noise. And I was first like, of all, first of all, she's sitting right here, you guys. She's right here. She would say, like if you said, hey, it's Amy Guth, I would be like, yo, what? <laughs> Why are you God. saying that to me? <laughs> yeah, I. It, it, it is, you are correct, it's Bosworth. It's not Bosworth. And also, I have to be honest, like, I know I should have pride in my name. I sort of don't care. Like, I, <laughs> let me tell you something. If it was mean, if you were like, Jen, whatever, worth right. a sure. bad word, I'd be like, yeah, that's not cool. But like, it's a, it's a matter of pronunciation that, you know, could be either way. So it is Bosworth. You have been correct. And that person, thank you for sticking up for me unnecessarily. <laughs> Getting I in a Twitter fight for Getting like a, a really yeah. small detail. What I suggest <laughs> is maybe... I don't know. Maybe look at your hobbies and see what's important to you. No, me uh, you, or that guy. That guy. Oh, I was like, what? You have you, hobbies, yeah. and you, you. I don't. I. That I, is not true. I can name your hobbies. What are my hobbies? Like everything is a huge project. No, no, no. You also have hobbies. <laughs> okay, what do I? I mean, I skydiving, fight club. I've gone f- skydiving once. So what? <laughs> it's now a hobby. Okay, you've done it once. Cooking. Sure. Okay. Former see? career turned thing. I enjoy. Great, that's a hobby. Okay. Okay, so don't tell me. I know what your hobbies are. I feel are. like I don't have, you know, but like people that have hobbies are like, oh, Saturday, I'm going to spend the whole day. No, that's weird. Building model trains. And that's like, like no. just an organized I doer. go to, I slide into yoga. That's a hobby. For 90 minutes so I don't punch people in the face. Well, that's a hobby that <laughs> leads to good mental health strategies <laughs> for everybody. It's true. Um, so anyway, you, you, you do have hobbies. Um, so my name is, uh, you've been pronouncing it correctly. Thank you. Yeah. Clearing that right up. Um, (laughs) let's talk a little bit about Irma, Hurricane Irma, just because this is a breaking story. Um, and it's important. So the path is uncertain, but it's going to, it's threatening obviously the United States and it's, um, and also, um, do we have a sense of when landfall is supposed to happen? They don't know. It's 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 as of uh, Monday. It's four hundred and ninety miles east of Leeward Islands. Okay. I, I don't know. You know these islands. I don't know what this is. I mean, I don't own one of them, but I kind of know where they are. Generally. Okay. So yeah. and then it's gonna and then it might hit Puerto Rico and then obviously Florida. But oh, landfall is expected early Wednesday on the island of your favorite Anguilla. Yeah, oh, Anguilla. Man. If it and it's supposed to be a category, if it keeps going the way it's going, it's going to be a three, four, or five. That's a kind of That's a wide a big range. range, but they will know more. I will do tomorrow. anything between give you a paper cut and punch you in the face. Yeah, <laughs> stab That's you. A bit, yeah, um, and and they've already de- uh, declared emergencies in Florida. Um, 
obviously the islands and uh, the island of Puerto Rico. Well, my hope is that it loses steam quickly. Me too. As soon as it Me hits too. landfall, if not before. Um, oh. my, my fear is yeah. that, you know, that little swath of land, like from the base of Florida to the Caribbean island sure. edge, that's just kind of a weird area. The Gulf water is so warm right okay. now. My concern is that it's going to hit those waters and do something weird. And, you know, I, I do would do something unexpected. Well, I'm, I, I would just hate to see even the slightest bit of, of weather system move into uh, anywhere between, say, you know, Houston and New yeah. Orleans. It's, it's, it's this so area has really gotten beat it up. It said Irma could be um, especially intense because it's a classic Cape Verde hurricane, meaning it's formed in the far eastern Atlantic near Cape Verde Islands um, before... And and they frequently become some of the largest and most intense hurricanes. So we're gonna just send, we're just gonna hope. We're gonna hope that it that it lessens. I mean, that's all we can do, and and hope that people are okay. Well, we're gonna keep an eye on it. We're gonna yeah. keep uh, keep updating. Let you know if something happens. But yeah, I I do worry about that area. I mean, it's it's hurricane season. It is, and and everyone who lives in those areas, you know, knows how to prepare for them. But but on the heels Still. of you know on the heels of something as catastrophic as Harvey has been and that it swung back around and made landfall a second time yeah. and put all that water in that it was area so long right like i mean it, it went came and then went and came again but then didn't it stick around like longer don't usually when they hit landfall forgive my hurricane um ignorance then they dissipate but this one kind of lingered is that what well, happened? i think it was just i, I don't know we, okay. we should call skilling for sure but skilling um if you're out there I, I do. We follow each other on Twitter, but mm. I don't have him on speed dial. Okay. Um, but it seemed like it was such a large, um, oh. a large storm system right. that with the bands that come off of it, those, even some of the bands just by themselves were, were dangerous and had so much water in them. Man. So. All right. Well, so we're going to keep an eye on Irma. Of course, we'll always be updating you at the top and bottom of every hour with weather, news, all that good stuff. But we're going to take a break, get you to news. Back in just a bit, Amy Guth and Jen Bosworth in for Justin Kaufman here on 720 WGN. (laughs) 720 WGN. Hello, it's Amy Guth and Jen Bosworth. Jim Croce. I love Jim Croce. Hi, it's Jen Bosworth. I just, I love Jim Croce. My husband loves Jim Croce. Okay, I got a story about this song. <gasps> bad, bad Leroy Brown? True. Okay, so. I love this song. I was in one of Chicago's, you know, iconic blues establishments okay. one evening. Okay. Uh, this was probably 15 years ago. Okay. And uh, this guy walked in and I mean, he made an entrance. He had the suit and people looked at him like people knew he like, I saw this guy walk in. I was like, this guy's famous. He's I someone. Don't know who he is, yeah. But, yeah. But he's a big deal. And he, uh, but people were, you know, acknowledging him and uh and moving out of the way and saying hi wow he was a high roller kind of guy yeah and he had quite a suit and like quite a fancy get up shoe Uh situation and he was really fancy and so he came in and i was with some people and i was like who is that and they were like oh that's leroy brand i was like come on he claimed that he was and he uh ordered uh well actually he did not order one of his handler people, people right you're you're Leroy Brand you don't order your own cocktail ordered a drink for him but he was standing there and he looked at me and he called me a hot pepper oh that's nice a hot pepper I was hoping I was, I was thinking like, it was gonna be something bad thank you that's kind of nice I'm and gonna he, start calling like people he didn't hot... follow up on it he wasn't trying to 
you know. He wasn't like um, weird about it. No, he wasn't trying to pick me up. He, he just was just like, pepper. Madam, you are a hot pepper. And I was I like, like that. thanks. Leroy Brown. Leroy Brown. Man, do you know? Way with the ladies in the whole town. <laughs> Jim yeah. Croce was like 29 when he died. He looked like yeah, he, he was, was 65. So <laughs> he had the look of a, well, old, like an older dude. You know, the rock and roll lifestyle. I think he was born looking like he was 50. I mean, the thing is, I I was like, oh, he must have been in his 50s. He no, was no, in no, his no, 20s yeah. and then got in the plane crash. Never get in a plane again. Anyway. That's not even true. You totally will. You're going to have to. I, I will. The world awaits you, Jen The world Buzzard. awaits me. Anyway, I like I like the choice in tunes. Yeah. Give it up for Tom Hush. Tom Hush. All the good songs. Esteemed producer. Okay. I know that we have to talk about an... an, an charitable organization yes, and yes, follow really up on, on a guest that we had the other night and i know we got to give an update on that but j- just now on the break i you know okay. you look at your phone and I, I subscribe to a lot of different um you know news like wire feeds and sure. i'm looking at all the breaking news and all the stuff and then all the not so breaking news and all the bash your head against the wall all the, why does this exist sure. why is this taking up space on my phone tell me i didn't use any of my data for that right um so oh boy i Oh, boy. I'm in the camp of why are the Kardashians famous? Uh I'm still in that camp. So I'm just going to mention this quickly. Okay. Because I both don't care and am dismayed by this. Sure. It's that. Hit me. Okay. Uh, 21-year-old Kendall Jenner. First of all, she's 21. She should be not in the news. Go ahead. (laughs) Unless you're like an Olympian. Or you've discovered cures for things. At 21. Sure. Okay. 21-year-old Kendall Jenner has been crowned fashion icon of the decade by the Daily Front Row, which is fashion insider publication. Okay. Okay. No. The story here. Okay. so, So they had to give a statement. The Daily Front Row has given a statement in defense of this already because did, did, the uproar immediately was like, "Who are, crowned are you them?" Joking? The Daily Front, the Daily Front Row crowned her, okay. crowned her the fashion icon of the decade, which I don't think so. No, I disagree with that. Look, if she, I, I would sooner be the fashion. First icon of all, of how the can decade. you be an icon of anything if you're 21? Second of all, shouldn't you be some kind of um, designer or like? Have some style. I, I don't think know. you need some years on you to be. Yeah, an I icon. really do. Uh, Princess Diana, icon. Yeah, because she's Iris, iconic. What's her name? Icon. By definition, like you have to, in order to be iconic, it has to be like iconic is a di- a recognized yes, and long, established. Yes. And, and I'm like, isn't she the young lady that everyone freaked out about the plastic surgery? I don't even keep all the Kardashians. I don't know what straight. I, I I can't even either. But I know that she's the model. Okay. Well, anyway, there's that. So anyway, here's my thought on that. I have Tell one me. thing to say on that, and that is the other day I had a mouth allergy, okay. and my lips blew up, and I looked, and my husband goes, you look like you had <laughs> collagen implants. And I said, do I look like one of the Kardashians? And he didn't know who that was, which oh, makes me happy. That's good. That's a but good anyway, man. Not really. There. Maybe he was just pretending. But anyway, the, that's all I have to say on that, and she's not an icon in my book. I just think nope. I just think you cannot. You're 21. You're 21. You can't be an icon of anything. No. And second of all, you. I mean, look, mom jeans are in. I I get it. She wear. She can really rock a pair of mom jeans. I I I would not do that because I would not because I so, cannot. Well, I can't either. But she, you know, okay, you rock. But what what I guess it's like what makes someone an icon? And I'm not sure she fits the criteria if we look up the definition. But this magazine must think so. 
They really must believe in her. I think it's one thing to just say, here's a person with a lot of style. She takes a lot of fashion risks, I guess, is sort of something. Oh. I don't follow her that well, so I, I don't, don't really know I don't, much about fashion her. Fashion risks? I just recall there being an uproar when she had some plastic surgery. Okay. Fashion risks. Yeah, maybe she does. I guess I don't quote I mean, I would even enough. say, why would you reward somebody who's having so much work done by 21? 21 is very young. I don't even think your face has stopped growing. No. <laughs> your bones haven't connected in your head or whatever. Like babies. You still got the soft spot. You still got the crown, <laughs> cradle, cradle cap or whatever. <laughs> I mean something. Yeah, anyway, the point is, yes, that is weird news. And also they defended her by saying what? Like that just that she took risks? Is that what like she took fashion She's this risks? bold fashionista that takes risks. Man. And look, I think, you know, sometimes we roll our eyes and say, oh, fashion is such a dumb topic oh. and it's light. But I think it can actually be quite interesting. I, I mean, I like fashion. I think there's a social component yep. to it. If you look at like um, the things that prominent women especially have, how they have influenced that. I it's usually of, a woman in a political. Yes. Or like a Annie Hall in a movie. Yeah. You know, that outfit. Iconic. That's iconic. Often it's a response to something social. Yes. Right? I'm going to wear pants. I'm going to wear suspenders. I'm going to wear ties was a lot of, you know, like um, the workwear women saying, no, we're wearing pants too. You know? Like right. It was a and huge even, deal. I think even as attitudes in, in workplaces change, like that's when we saw shoulder pads change. Yes. So it's like, I don't need to pretend like I have masculine shoulders. Yes. I can just, I'm going to be, be who I am. Be who I am in the workplace. Oh, yeah. God, I hope the shoulder pads don't come back. They kind of are coming back. I cannot wear them. I already have huge shoulders. I, I do, too. I look crazy in shoulder pads. I look like David Byrne in Stop Making Sense. You know, he has that huge shoulder. <laughs> That's me. I, I can't rock that. But, I mean, I could, but it's a little too much. Too much I'm for just, my own liking. I'm just against them, in, okay. in theory. You're not a fan. I'm, I'm not a fan. I got to give you an update. Oh, Because we had that guy come on the show on Friday. Yes. Who was so awesome, Mike Kincaid, yep, Mike who Kincaid. is the organizer of Peace Fest from iGrow Chicago, which is such a lovely organization. Totally. I was so excited to have him on the program and to meet him. He's such a nice person. Um, so he was saying that after that for, for Peace Fest, which is if you go to iGrowChicago.org and look it up, it's like an old-fashioned block party to bring the community of Inglewood together for a joyful day. And there's health screenings and there's school there's, supplies for kids. Uh, food, a lot food, of healthy food. Free. Everything is free. It just sounds like such a positive thing. And Mike is such a positive person. And I was so excited. And, and we asked him a couple of times, you know, what do you need? And he was saying, oh, if you want to donate, go to the iGrowChicago. Chicago.org website and there's a couple ways to do that but I kept pressing him like is there anything you need I feel like yeah like you know, what, what can we do I don't have Oprah money but I like I want to no. do something um so he said um there were some there were school supplies were needed diapers were needed soap diapers toiletries things like that to um to make sure that everybody uh has everything they need you know you got to take care of people's needs for you know nobody can be them their best selves if they don't have no, you need, basic there's necessities. basic things right. we need. So I decided, you know what? I know a lot of people. I'm going to make that work. And I just started telling people, and I put a thing on social media, and I was like, look, if you, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the store and get what I can. And then if you can do the same, give me a shout, and we'll coordinate a time. And so I've started this stockpile in my house, and people are dropping stuff off. That's so cool. I'm super excited. So cool. So I have a whole bunch of school supplies that have been dropped off. I have um, a diapers. good amount of um, diapers, but probably could use more. A good amount of like body care stuff. Yeah, personal hygiene. 
um, deodorant and some soap and some lotion and um, things, toothbrushes, things like that. And then um, someone today brought tons of baby clothes, including um, Little Activists is a line of baby clothes that is so adorable. So cute. I'm going to have her on the show at some point. She is such an interesting person, and um, I would love for her to talk about this organization. They're so cute. It's a fairly new company, but it's little onesies with these kind of so fun, cute. cute little little sayings that have kind of a political or a activist-y like a kind social of... social justice Yeah, like one said revolution, yeah. and the words love Loves. was kind of lit up. One said good vibe tribe or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it did. It's really cute. So, so cute. she donated a bunch of onesies, and so it's like... like my living room looks like it looks like a target, target exploded. <laughs> so yes, I'm gonna go to one of these discount stores sure. and buy things, and you should too if you're so inclined. And then I would say too, yeah, you can you can find me on the old Facebook if you want to. I'm I'm in the North Side. So maybe if people on the north side want to donate these things, yeah, they can direct message me. You get north side. I got west side. Yeah. We'll get it figured out. We'll get it figured out. But yes, please. This organization is really cool. They're, they're also, they also want people to come from other neighborhoods to, to the block party, to Peace Fest, because they want to include everybody. They're and, welcoming. And they want to really show that there's, you know, there's one narrative of Englewood right. out there. And the truth is, like, all over the city, we have people that are you know that just want to live their lives yep. raise their kids be good to each other yeah i mean let's let's recognize that every every neighborhood has its challenges yes. some more than others but nonetheless like there's there's kind of this one story we always talk about with inglewood it, yeah the and, news the news can really or the media can really focus in on that come on now we're right here we're listening to you <laughs> I can hear you, Jen Boss. <laughs> I'm just saying, let's change the narrative. Well, but I, let's also acknowledge the role of social media in a I media I guess that's what I cycle. mean. Like, like, yes, right. Because, you know, it's not news to say everything was peaceful in, in so-and-so's neighborhood that's today. That's true. It is news if someone is killed or injured that's or true. whatever. That's true, but I guess it's right, the, the, the story that comes after it, like the, the judgment of, and this always happens there. Exactly. That's right. where I think social media takes over yeah. and people like start tweeting and say, oh, this is what always happens in this neighborhood or this neighborhood. Yeah, you're right. It's, the, it's a commentary about the news. Because right? we see the opposite often like there was a string of sexual assaults happening in the north side i think one or two summers ago and i, I clearly remember on social media people were like that's horrifying in this neighborhood i was right. like you guys assaults right. happen everywhere all, the all time, over the city unfortunately. and let's yeah let's think about how we're talking about this and, and yeah it's true it's the way in which we talk about the news yeah not necessarily the hard facts of the thing Right. All right. Thank you. All right. <laughs> we're going to take a break. Coming up here in a little bit, we're going to be talking with an author. We have an author coming in. I'm really excited. We're talking with Tori Telfer, who wrote all about history, but not just any history. She, in particular, wrote about female killers. Very uplifting stuff, but kind of cool. Because <laughs> we're cool. both into we're, I'm into that. Stuff, cool so. and creepy. It's going to be fun. All right. Back in just a bit on 720 WGN. <laughs> Seven twenty WGN. Hello, it's Amy Guth and Jen Bosworth in for Justin Kaufman. I like this song too. Hush never disappoints. No, isn't this the song that says James Brown? James <laughs> Brown. <laughs> That's what I remember about this song. Yes, you're right. Yeah, James Brown. Uh, when's Chuck <laughs> Mangione coming out? I'm just gonna let you sit there and is sing Chuck, as long is as Chuck you're... Mangione 
Oh, wait, did you coming on? Like he's, did you book him on the show? I tried. Look, I've tried. <laughs> I'm still hoping every night. I hope I put it out there to his people a couple times. I'm hoping he'll just walk by and then we'll do a Steve and Johnny. Like when Steve and Johnny came on and they'll just walk by and that we'll be so like, cool. Chuck, except I don't think I would recognize Chuck Mangione. So that probably wouldn't happen. But the point is I want to hear the, the, the music. <laughs> I want the like music. he just travels with his instrument all the time. <gasps> that would be fantastic. You know he does. I want to make a television show where it's just Chuck Mangione walking around the streets of Chicago with all of his tunes, <laughs> and he walks into a, a local rate. I don't know. The point is, I like that song. I know you loved Chuck Mangione. If I had an in with Chuck Mangione's people, <gasps> I would use it to call him. Maybe for Steve you. and Johnny know they're musician types. We know somebody that has an in with with Chuck Mangione. Listen, We're Chuck Mangione, get... if you're listening, <laughs> I want you to call me and tell me that you're going to come on our show. I really, that's my dream. <laughs> to interview Chuck Mangione. Yeah. Here's the thing. I don't think you want to talk to him. I think you just want him to play Feels So Good. I want to ask, I want to let him in know. In your presence. I want to let him know that at the AMPM grocery store, when I heard yeah. that song when I was five, it changed my life forever because I was like strutting down the aisle <laughs> with my little Corduroy. bell-bottom corduroys. And I was like, yeah, doing it. And I was like, yes, in the frozen food aisle. And I want him to know that that really shaped my childhood. I think you should write him a letter. Is he still with us? Yeah. he's Okay, great. He's 76 years old. Oh. Yeah. Alive and well. Okay. In the prime of his life. (laughs) In the prime of his life. I wonder where he lives. Oh, look. We have a gentleman making a heart symbol outside. Hi. (laughs) Are you Chuck Mangione? Hi. Oh, no. Okay. (laughs) Uh, That does. No. Um, so anyway, what's going on? Did you look up uh, iconic? Do you, do you, do, what did it say? It said someone that, uh, I don't know, someone that's not Kylie I'm lo- Jenner. I'm busy looking at oh, Chuck Mangione. Chuck Mangione now. Oh, well, we were talking about Kylie. Um, yeah. Yeah, Ken- but there was, oh, reality Kendall shows. Jenner. That's what it was. Like. Kylie, Kendall, Krista. One, one of the Jenner children Karma, was named uh, Style Calandria. Icon Fashion. <laughs> Chlamydia, whatever. <laughs> was named Fashion Icon of the Chartreuse. Decade. And I found that. A little appalling so we were i was like well because i feel like by definition you can't be 21 years old and be an, an, a fashion icon not a fashion icon you, you have might... to have some, what kind of icon could you be well like doogie hauser was kind of but he wasn't even a child i'm gonna say this okay let's give it to like annette finicello with yes. like she had this very all-american yes. girl thing she was probably younger than 21 when she was See, in the what, mickey maybe hepburn but um, but she didn't have you don't reach that <laughs> status Jennings. hang on david i hear you you don't reach the status of iconic while you're it's like a memoir you don't necessarily get to write the memoir right there when you're in it you have to get through it and then later like and yes looking back you're like oh annette finichello she has nothing to look back on is she, what you're saying she's 21 how right. can she what do you want what david? do you want david jennings isn't iconic simply in this case an extension of why are they famous yes because yes. they're famous well, she solved racism. What? Uh, oh, yeah, with remember? the Pepsi. Oh, not that. Oh, my God. Don't tell Guys, me about no, that. Listen, she solved racism with Pepsi. Oh. That's the soda commercial, which, God, I forgot all which about got that. yanked real fast Abhorrent because it didn't thing. go over well. And wasn't it played at some, speaking of that, some very important, iconic event? They That commercial came on during something that was Super Bowl-esque, if not the Super Bowl. I don't know. Oh, but, look. But we've got a caller. Let's let's talk with him. Oh. Hi, Matt. You're on WGN. Hello, ladies. I am making a giant heart symbol for you in my car. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I so love Amy, that. Yes. I love 
the Saturday night special. Oh. The one you did on chili sauce, yeah, or uh, hot sauce, was fantastic. Although I was a little afraid because halfway through you started gagging. I'm like, oh, oh God, going to die on air. I know. Oh, God. You should have seen the look on esteemed producer Tom Hush's face when I tried that very, very hot sauce made with the hottest pepper in the world. The, Are you insane? I tried it on the air. It was very hot. And and Tom had this look on his face like, okay, I'm about have to, I, I'm going to have to take the wheel right now. What's, oh, what's Goose going to do? <laughs> Goose. You know, he, he was having... A lot of fun with the music, by the way. Yes. I think that's how it gets the most kicks on your show because whatever you're talking about, he'll find a song that makes Tom Hush is a music genius. That's true. He is. He's like an encyclopedia of music knowledge. It's true. Now, yeah, Matt, but you two are radio geniuses. Oh, Matt, where are you? Uh, right now, I'm driving back from family dinner in Glenview. Glenview. Oh, I'm an Evanstonian. <laughs> Oh, that has nothing to do with anything. I work in Evanston. I work with after-school kids in Evanston. Hey, that's so cool! I'm a product of the uh, Washington School, Nichols School, and ETHS. Oh, I'm a product of Francis Parker, Deerfield High School, in Boca Raton, Florida, for college. Oh, okay, all right. Well, I'm so glad you called us. It's so nice to hear. Yes, ladies, I, I I await whenever you take over random shows. Because then I have the opportunity to actually call in and oh. shower you both with Oh, compliments. Matt. I'm Matt, crying. You're so nice. I'm going to cry. And, and Goose is about to choke, but not from <laughs> hot sauce, just from sheer emotion. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. That's really sweet of you to call. Have a great night. Of course. Have a good night, ladies, and get the paddles. Okay. Bye-bye. Get the paddles for you. <laughs> get the paddles, right. We have, nice I have him. paddles ready for Goose at all times. Why? In case you choke to death. That's pretty likely. Yeah. That's That's probably how I'm going to go. It's not even a joke. Okay. We're going to take a break. We're going to get you to news. We come back. We are talking with author Tori Telfer, who wrote the book Lady Killers, Deadly Women Throughout History. I am so excited about this book. Me too. You're going to love it. She'll be right here in studio back in just a bit. Amy Guth and Jen Bosworth in for Justin Kaufman here on 720 WGN. Seven twenty WGN. Shout out to that song. Shout out, I love. And I just talked about David Byrne. My shoulder pad. <laughs> and now we've got a. Yep, Keska say. <laughs> Who knows? I'm so excited. I love him with a passion. Indeed, and this song. Seven twenty WGN. Amy Guth and Jen Bosworth in for Justin Kaufman tonight, hanging with you for another hour. And let me tell you why we are playing that fine song. It is because we have a very special guest in studio with us, and that guest is Tori Telfer, who wrote a book called Lady Killers: Deadly Women Throughout History. Please. Welcome her to the program. Hello. Hi, everyone. Hi. Thank you for having me. Oh, well, thanks, thanks for, for coming. Thanks for being here. So tell us about this book. Not only is it very beautiful, it looks like a work of art. The cover is so gorgeous. I would like a poster of the cover. <laughs> yes, same. That worked okay, last then. time we told someone that yeah, about a book. It us... totally worked. Yep. I'll <laughs> they make made... it happen. Okay, okay. Good. okay, good. Well, it's a very beautiful book. Um, and so tell us about it. So Lady Killers is a book about historical female serial killers uh, the oldest one is from the 1300s, and it goes all the way up to the 1950s. So they're all kind of spooky vintage and um, all pretty terrible and fascinating. Totally. So why did you pick that topic, or did it pick you? 
Um, well, I've always been interested in weird historical figures, kind of the deranged ones. I used to love Nero, the Roman emperor, and just thought he was hilarious, which no one else agreed with me on. <laughs> it's not necessarily a so... word I've heard to describe Nero. But I might sure. go with wild. Wild, out of control. <laughs> um, but in terms of the actual book, it started as a column online, and that was kind of a prosaic. I just wanted to write a column. To me, writing a column was like the dream. So I pitched it, um, and it ended up with a hairpin, and then Jezebel, and then uh, became a book. That's Great, so, yeah. And and so what is the what was the process of of getting all of this information and doing all the research and everything that went into this book? You know, it was hard because it's fourteen chapters, and each one is a different uh, time period, a different culture, a different country, different woman, obviously. So it was really like writing 14 mini books in terms of the research. Mm. I couldn't really carry much over from chapter one to chapter two, other than a general sense of like, this is what makes a deadly woman, sort of. Mm -hmm. So um, there was a lot of library time. But honestly, so much is online now. There, I spent so much time going through newspaper archives online, um, which made it, you know, really easy. I don't no know. No more microfiche. Yes. <laughs> I did one session of microfiche and was like, oh, my back will never be the Welcome same. Welcome to my childhood. <laughs> yes. yes. But anyway, so yeah. you, online. So a lot online. Um, a couple of the women in my book, someone had already written a book about them, sort of some in-depth scholarly texts, which were great. That's okay. There's yeah. room for all okay. of that. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> no, no. I took the academic stuff and kind of spiced it up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, 14 different mini books, I would say. And it took me about a year to write, and then revisions were um, another, like, six months. Sure. Okay. You know, long process. And were there themes that emerged between all of these, other than female and and you know, killer. committed homicide. And multiple Other, murderess. Was there, like, motivation that emerged as a theme? Or were there maybe two in particular from different eras that, that really connected and seemed similar? Mm, that's a great question. Um, there were themes of sadness in their backgrounds. You know, you don't... You, I got to the point where I empathized with all of them, which some people think that sounds terrible, but I mean... They didn't spring up fully formed with a knife in their hand ready sure. to murder. They, they, a lot of them had a lot of hardship. Um, you know, I'll tell you a really interesting connection between two of them. So there are two uber-rich ladies in the book. Most of the ladies are poor, but there are two who were just kind of, you know, the queens of their castle. <laughs> One of them literally. And I really think they both went mad with power. They, mm. So one was a Hungarian countess in the 1500s. The other was a Russian noblewoman in the 1700s. And they both um, killed their servant I girl. know these people. You do, do you know I, both? I know the stories of both of them. Nice. Anyway, go ahead. They killed no all their staff. The Russian they killed girl. their whole staff. Oh. They killed their staff. Real abuse of power vibes going on. Um, and they were very, like, physically violent, which is pretty rare for female killers. A like lot of torture it, tor situations. Torture, beatings, um, nasty women. Um, and both of them were kind of lonely. And I think, you know, they were just sort of the only ones in charge of these massive estates. Both of their husbands died. Anyway, they were so similar that I felt mm. kind of strange writing about the, the one in the 1700s because I was like, is this just sort of a, a repeat of her yeah. legend? But. They both existed. So you just said a phrase that I think was really interesting. You said um, that that level of violence was rare for female mm -hmm. killers. So there is there 
generally speaking, a, a different way that you see female killers committing? Yeah, absolutely. Female killers love to poison. It's a cliche, but it is absolutely true. There's so much arsenic in my book. Oh. I, I, had to, I had to actively try to find people who weren't poisoners just to spice it up. Um, and, you know, the reasons for that are often interpreted in like a sexist light. Like it's just easy. It's just easy to poison. But um, I think often it's because poison historically was already in the home. Sure. It was in cleaning products or it was, you could easily buy it at the drugstore. Yep. And women were also in the home. Women were in the kitchen. Um, and it just made sense. It was like a clever way to kill. Yeah. There's <laughs> a lot of worked. stories about um, poisons and milkshakes. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you look it up, Ooh. a lot of milk poisoning their husbands with milkshakes. Oh, that's horrifying. Mm -hmm. Like Americana yeah, gone like wrong. Yeah, like it's delicious strawberry Ooh. milkshake and yeah. you're going to die. That seems Ugh. extra sinister because yeah. it's one thing like I'm handing you a glass of water. No, this is like That's sweet. utility. But giving somebody like this is a, a treat, a delicious treat yep. that's going to murder yeah. you. I like it. I like it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that's so fair. a lot of times when we, when we think about um, women in history – sometimes they get very sexualized yes. or the narrative sexualizes them later. Yes. How did that unfold as you were doing this research? That is so true. Um, that happened to every woman in the book. And it was interesting to look through old media, especially like I love old newspapers because they were often so sensationalistic. Obviously the news is never sensationalistic <laughs> these days, no. but um. Uh, anyway, it, I mean, it's obviously infuriating to see it happen, but it was also interesting to write about, very interesting to find these old um, rumors of these women's salacious sex lives. Yeah, or, sure. That was redundant. But um, And I noticed a lot of the reasons that society at large came up to justify their killings are linked to sex, even yes. when that was not what was happening. Um, everyone's turned into a black widow. Absolutely. Quote. Or an insatiable... Yeah, you know, nymphomaniac. Yeah, or you know, she was frigid, mm -hmm. or she was hysterical. Oh, hysterical is my favorite right. label yeah. ever. Oh, it's yeah. such a catch-all. <laughs> I, just... I know. And, I mean, and that one is one that still exists, right? Yeah. If, and if you like share the littlest bit of emotion, okay, calm down there. You're getting whoa. hysterical. Whoa, yeah, right. exactly. whoa, whoa, whoa. Start now, lady. Yeah, right. There's um, there's a. Uh, academic named Hillary Neroni who's like a film scholar and sh she has a quote I love where she basically says the media gets hysterical about female serial killers mm. you know if hysteria is this overwrought constant questioning and freaking out and not knowing what's happening um, it's really like the media or society that's hysterical in the case of female murderers it's rarely the woman that's so interesting. I mean, I think it is interesting when we, we think, we, we, for as much as we say, like, women are hysterical and mm -hmm. women this, like, usually most of the killings are dudes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, you see, mean they're killing dudes? No, I'm saying well, most, most murderers, murderers oh, are men. men. Yeah. Like, we spend a lot of time thinking about how, yeah. like, emotionally unstable women are. I know. Like, no, well. most silly, yeah, serial killers are dudes. I right. know. So, I, yeah. did all of the women in your book kill men or did they kill... Or you said some some like, killed women, handmaids, or handmaids. Mm -hmm. yeah, most killed family members. Um, a lot of husbands were killed in the not in well, the making. We should have put the seat down. <laughs> I mean, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, but children too, and relatives. Mm. Wow. But I would say yes. Like most of the victims are men. Yeah. Yeah. Again, yeah. I mean, and also put the seat down. Well, <laughs> also, um, there in, in my true crime. 
uh, fandom, academic pursuits, mm-hmm. I, whatever. The, the, the point is, when I watch them, a lot of times, I hate to say this, but the men have done bad things. <laughs> I'm not saying they deserve to be killed, but I'm also not saying that they weren't jerks and abusive a lot of the time. Right, right. I'm saying both things. There's two sides. There's two sides to every, to every murder. murder. <laughs> There's two sides to every murder. Both sides were at fault, as yes. someone <laughs> recently said in a presidential oh, yeah. platform. Yeah. Mistakes right. were made. Mistakes <laughs> were made on both sides. Perfect. Well, I mean, I do think there is an acknowledgement to be made there about there was just certain... I don't know, certain steps you couldn't take in certain points in history. You kind of were Absolutely. dependent on certain, like a marriage or your, your family or something. And if, if that was abusive or something was wrong, there was, you could either kill yourself, you could kill the perpetrator, or you could stick it out. Right. Well, those are your choices. I mean, <laughs> yeah, really, there was no recourse. It yeah. wasn't like you had advocates, you know what I mean? You were like, well... Here well, we go. Yeah. Three choices. Eeny, meeny, a lot of money. killing. Yeah. 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 All right. We are talking with Tori Telfer, author of Lady Killers, Deadly Women Throughout History. Check this book out. We are going to continue this conversation in just a bit here on 720 WGN. Little Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds there. Yep. 720 WGN. Amy Guth, Jen Bosworth in for Justin Kaufman. We have a very special guest in the studio right now. We have been talking with Tori Telfer, who is the author of Lady Killers, Deadly Women Throughout History. There's so much in that book title that I love. Love the history stuff. Yep. Love the true crime stuff. Not as much as you, Jen Bosworth. Yeah. But as... But... I also love the true crime, but you are like number one true crime fan. I am. I love true crime. I've always loved true crime. I grew up on um, America's Most Wanted and Unsolved Mysteries, and those were my jams. That was a good show. You know what I like? I like forensic files. Yes. Mm -hmm. Here is why. It is on late in the day. Like right as you're going to bed. So you, when it is like a nice cap for the day, it is. because mm-hmm. usually it like it is often a woman that solves it. And it's like nerds are winning because it's like science brings down the yeah. bad guy or bad gal. And it's like uh, so it's it's always a case of like this horrible thing happened, but science will prevail. Nerds are going to win. And half the Got time, it. more than half the time, <laughs> that scientist is female. It's female. Yes. And so so like I tell people that and they're like, why do you? watch that so it doesn't give you nightmares no No. it gives me hope (laughs) it gives me hope it appeals to my overinflated sense of justice that like also nerds are gonna win and we're gonna be okay so um criminal fbi profilers the more uh, um, the most successful ones are women why is that because when when they say when a woman goes into a profiler goes in to talk with um, uh, a serial killer or a killer or a suspected whatever, they have a different approach naturally. I'm not saying they're nurturing. I'm not. All I'm saying is the approach is different. See, they've studied this, and for some reason, it puts people more at ease, and so people confess to them. Wow. And and whatever the reason, I don't know what the ins and outs are. All I know is the fact is they get more confessions from female profilers of ser- from serial killers than male profilers. Wowee. I wanted to be a profiler. That would be amazing. Problem is, you have to jump over things because you have to go to the FBI training. Oh, I'm not (laughs) jumping. What do you have to jump over? You have to jump over walls. I've seen Silence of the Lambs. Jodie Foster. I saw Silence of the Lambs. I know how this works. Jodie Foster had to run. No. She had to do way worse than that. Yeah, she really did. (laughs) She really did. Well, I'd I'd rather be in a room with a serial killer than scale a wall. 
Anyway, <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> no, I'm serious. You'd rather be in a room with a serial killer. With yes. a jailed serial killer or a free jail, random? Jail, jail, okay. jail. So there's totally. like bars between <laughs> you yes. and the killer. But I, I'd much rather do that than someone say, hey, scale that wall. <laughs> Anyway, that'll then change. It's You're going to help me. I'm going to yeah, help me. We're going to scale a wall. All right. It's back to the good. subject at hand. Back to our special guest, <laughs> yes. Tori Telfer, yes. author of Lady Killers, Deadly Women Throughout History. So we have many questions for you about this book. Yeah. So many, in fact. I'm very curious about, because leading up to tonight's show, I was telling people, ooh, I'm so excited. Here's who I'm talking to. This is what we're talking about. People went, oh, female killers, like, mm, and then they would pause and they would go, uh, Warno's where what's her name mm-hmm. won the Oscar and then um, Lizzie Borden. And that was about it. Yeah. Is, do you get that a lot that people can't like, why, yes. why do we not remember female serial killers I, the way we do? I, men? I get a lot of, I didn't know there were even any. And I'm like, oh. well, that's good for me, but bad for society at large. <laughs> I think we don't remember them because I don't think they scare us the way that the Bundys and the Dahmers and the Gacy's do. Okay. Um, and I think, so I, I mean, that's one of the reasons I think society as a whole doesn't remember them. Because when they're caught, when they're apprehended, people do get very into them. You know, people go into a fury and, and just can't deal and can't believe a woman could do it. Every time it's the same. How could a woman do this? But they do tend to kind of fold back into the mists after they're jailed or die or whatever. So, yeah, I, I think it's just that they don't stick into our imagination because they're not like, the boogeyman, like right. the male who stalks, who yeah. rapes, who kills strangers. Um, and I mean, it's like, okay, I, I get how someone who has heads in the freezer, like Jeffrey Dahmer, is like <laughs> right. totally scarier than sure. like the grandma who stirs arsenic into tea. But I also think that the grandma who stirs arsenic into tea is so much more of a she, she's a different type of horror because she's the familiar thing yeah. that turns around and it's got like the mm-hmm. devil eyes. <laughs> it's right in like, front of you. Right. right. So in a way, to me, that is scarier than Heads in the Freezer, but we yeah, like the Heads I, in I the Freezer. I get that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think the the, the stereotype of um, women are supposed to be nice mm-hmm. and then having a woman, you know, be, be, be nice, nice and then kill you. Well, well yeah. it's, it's an interesting tell, though, isn't it? Because I think we can, as much as we want, we can say, oh, we, we think of men and women in the same way. Mm-hmm. But but that, in particular, is a really interesting litmus test because yeah. it does feel like some kind of betrayal. Like, oh, how could a woman do how that? How could she? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Even I mean, we hear that even now, even mm-hmm. in modern headlines when something like that happens. Like, how could a woman do that? That yeah, is a really absolutely. interesting yeah. kind of tell. It is, yeah. it is, it is. And when you're sort of telling people about what you're writing about and what, what are the reactions that you get? Like, are people... People do get weird. Um, <laughs> one friend once scooted her chair away from me and I was like, you didn't, you didn't have to. But <laughs> people say, wow, well, how can you sleep? Isn't it just horrible to write about that? Doesn't it haunt you? And no, it doesn't. I mean, I think you understand as a true crime fanatic. <laughs> Well, yeah, I feel like we all have a bit. And this is a bit of a serial killer inside of us. I know yeah. that's but they're <laughs> no, human I'm beings. With you. They're I'm not with you. monsters that come up from outer space or yes. aliens. They're humans. So, like, absolutely, I think that's they the are. part that really like it, it, it entrances me about. It's like they are one of us. Yeah, absolutely. They're not. Yeah, they didn't come down from another planet to terrorize us. And so many of them have families and walk among us. I mean, yeah. Right. We can't completely separate ourselves from the serial killer as much as we might want to. Yeah. In, in most cases, was it a matter of 
of like flipping a switch, being pushed too far, going past a boundary or, or was it, was, is it too broad to categorize? If I, if I was going to categorize it, which I'm about to do, I would say it's often a feeling of being trapped, which you were kind of mentioning earlier, like a feeling of desperation of no options left, which I don't say that to justify it because Mm -hmm. a lot of women feel trapped and don't serial kill their families. But, um, yeah, it seemed like for many of these women, it was sort of this slow being crushed by, you know, husbands or society at large or, um, you know, some of them are from small, tiny towns back in the day. And you can just imagine for a, maybe an intelligent and slightly depressive young woman, I'm thinking of one in particular from the 1600s who is just kind of like a moody, grumpy woman. She was like all of us when we were teens and I think she was um a little bit of a psychopath and just kind of had a lot of thoughts and feelings and didn't know what to do with them and um her way out of what trapped her and annoyed her was just to kill like first her mother and then a co-worker and then the lover who was getting on her nerves and then a husband and over uh, what period of time um five years maybe okay. not okay. yeah not too too long um but she was trapped you know and it's she's so she's from so long ago but she's so relatable in a maybe creepy way because you just she was so moody and you can see through these ancient documents you can just feel the intensity of her moods yeah Yeah. it's just really interesting to me very very interesting totally i love it you want to stick around you want to hang out a little longer i want to talk about writing stuff okay Is that cool? All right. We got to go to break. We got to go to news, all that good stuff. Back in just a bit, we are talking with Tori Telfer, author of Lady Killers, Deadly Women Throughout History. We're talking about writerly things on the other side of news. Back in just a bit on 720 WGN. I was five and he was six. We rode on horses made of sticks. He wore black and I wore white He would always win the fight Bang, bang, he shot me down Bang, bang, I hit the ground I cannot get enough of this song, Jempy. It's so good. (laughs) It's really... It's Twin Peaksy. It's everything. This song is everything. 720 WGN. Amy Guth, Jen Bosworth, in for Justin Kaufman. We are having a fine yes, discussion yes, with Tori oh, yes. Telfer, our new best friend in the whole wide world, author of Lady Killers, Deadly Women Throughout History. Do not hesitate a moment. Go get yourself a copy of this book. It is coming out officially October 10th. So you got a minute, but you can pre-order that thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, go do that. I have to say, you said that, Goose, and I swear two men took off running. <laughs> Uh, I swear they listened for a second and then the guy ran away. I think he got scared. If I had a dollar for every time a dude was standing outside of this window here in the Michigan Avenue Showcase studio and I said just like a regular old line for my show and I and he took off running. I mean they look I would buy so this place. scared. It happens all the time. <laughs> I was like, "No, no, we're not going to kill you unless you des- I mean, <laughs> never mind." Right. Never I know. Mind. No Seriously, worries. things that come out of my yes. mouth on this radio station, if they're if, if it's like if it's a couple, it's fine. But if it's just like a pack of dudes, they will take they off running like all the time. They're like, I'm not here for this. Yeah, they're like, they, this guy looked scared and he ran off quickly. <laughs> so there's that. Anyway, so anyway, the book is called Lady Killers, Deadly Women Throughout History. So I want to talk about the writing part of this. Sure. Um, I, I'm especially interested in, in kind of the evolution of this book because, as you were saying, it started as a column, really. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so when did you make the decision that this was going to be a book? Well... 
I feel like sort of spoiled saying this, but right after the first column went live on the hairpin, an editor emailed me and was like, have you thought about making this into a book? So the idea was planted in my head okay. very early. That's awesome. That's great. Um, and I didn't end up working with that editor, but... And people liked the first column. Like, you're not supposed to read the comments, but I did, and they were all nice because it was all women reading the hairpin. <laughs> so I did have a sense that it could be a book, I guess, from the beginning. Yeah. I have a PSA about that. I have a very strong reaction to don't read the comments. Can I, yes. can I yes, deliver please, it? Please. Here's the thing. I, I no longer subscribe to the don't read the comments thing Ooh. because saying that, I believe, is making us say, the internet is terrible, and if we mm. can't hang, we should, you know, if we can't take it, we should go. Rather than saying, how dare somebody yeah, mistreat you great, or speak ill of you. That's a great point. So that is my... It's a, bunch, that, it's a bit of denial going yeah. on, too, that, that, you know, that... Well, it's saying, like, this is normal behavior, and if, you, if you're not here for it, you're, you're not allowed to do it and right. fully participate in your comment right. section, which is not to say it is not a terrible place. Right. I, too, am a and woman on the internet and weakly get told to kill myself mm. or something, so... Um, I can, I don't even read the comments here. Oh, I don't look at the text screen after they stop. After people started photoshopping my face onto porn, I quit oh reading the text God. screen. That's I'm out for that. I don't even know what they do with me, <laughs> but I, I, I don't. I have no time and no. Yeah. So I think it's perfectly fair to like, like I've written some really controversial things before and had a mm -hmm. friend read and go tell me if there's anything I need to weigh in on mm -hmm. and I'll let you That's like smart. lead the comment. But but you know one one time she was like my friend was like. Meh, yeah probably you could read these it's fine like you'll, you're gonna be mad but it's yeah. fine another time she was like for your own mental health do not read this yeah. it's it's bad which i think that's fair yeah and then like a year later sure enough i read it and i was like yeah i will sink this city <laughs> into the earth yeah <laughs> like, i was so mad but yeah. no anyway that's just like my little <laughs> well, sidebar the other thing is like on... saying like there's a assumption i i feel like sometimes people think oh you can't handle it if yeah. you read them you'll but you know I think you might you might you, not you, you might who knows but at least have the option yeah anyway. you have the yeah. option and also like let's police the behavior of yes. the people that feel like they can talk let's such trash with the real problem such, right. yeah so deal with true. the real problem mm -hmm. it's like when for a while there was like a an app that was like uber for women called chariot i was so mad i was like chariot what? yes rather than because they're like oh you know women aren't safe in ubers and all this oh. so let's have let's no it was all women drivers and women in there and and a woman the drivers could refuse service if you like had a man with you if you wanted so it was like i was like when has segregation ever been the also, solution to anything yes, if we need this we have an underlying problem let's address yeah right. yeah and it, to me that's the same thing it's like rather than saying let's oh my gosh let's deal with these horrible yeah. perpetrators that we've yeah. allowed access to the public to do awful things to people in their cars let's just take the women folks somewhere else miss me with that is what i say <laughs> it doesn't about work that. it doesn't yeah. work anyway that's a sidebar that is a tangent <laughs> but it is one i go on often so comments you comments. read the comments i read the comments and they were nice of which course they were great. and they were like "Ooh, i'm drinking red wine and reading about this and i yes. was like these are my people who was the first um killer that you wrote about elizabeth uh, Ursabet bathory the hungarian countess from the 1500s. oh i've heard of her yes, yes. lots of legends she, like, around her bathed in the blood of people that allegedly is right alleged but, allegedly but okay. she didn't wasn't there some flesh eating or no lord have mercy so her her uh her people who helped her said that there was um they that was extracted from torture which you know who knows so uh, yeah there's it's hard to tell there's a lot of misinformation around her but a lot of terrible details that could be true because they were um 
confessed to mm-hmm. by people who saw what she was doing. Wow. Yeah. She, okay. she, she was, was a bad one. She was rough. Yeah, she was into she, some stuff. She yeah. was into. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. So you so you read the comments mm-hmm. and you're like, hey, they like me. This is good. This is a thing. <laughs> and and then at what point? Um, how long had the column been around when you started to shift it and create, cre- start to create the book manuscript? I only ever wrote four installments of the column, and I probably got my agent around column number three. So very quickly, I realized I couldn't do both at the same time. Um, and I kind of wanted to start saving the really juicy serial killers for the book. So actually, all four of the columns the columns are in the book, um, but, but updated, more research, better observations on my end. Um, so yeah, I stopped after four, and that was like two or three you were years like, ago. I can't be bothered. I got I a book to write, yeah. people. Like, people. I, got a- I got a book. Yeah, catch me in two years, fans. And so what is your um, what is your writing ritual like? This is my favorite thing to ask oh. of writers because I think it, everybody's got a thing that yeah. must occur prior to doing quality work. I, too, love hearing how writers write, but I, I feel like I am so disorganized and um, don't really have a ritual, but I'm always trying to get one. Let me think if I had one during the book. I mean... I work well under pressure and under a deadline, and if there's, like, an editor who's maybe a little tense, um, you know, sort of the fear of God has to be in my heart before before I really start producing. <laughs> um, so with Lady Killers, it was just more, you know, maybe one day a week I would really get into the zone and really, like, go hard on the this woman's life. Not anything too glamorous, though, I'm afraid to say. That's all right. Sometimes, <laughs> I mean, I, I love that. I love asking that question because it can, the answer can be anything from on the back of an envelope in the parking lot mm-hmm. of a grocery store, my kids are sleeping, right. yeah. to I must have spring water <laughs> and, and linen pants. Crystals and things. Oh. Right. I mean, <laughs> I, the answer pants. just yeah. like can be anything, yeah. but I, I just love to ask that of writers because, yeah. and I think it changes for every project. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've absolutely. interviewed people for the first book and then gone back and interviewed them later for like the fourth or fifth. And they're like, remember how I told you that it had to be like crystals pointed north and right, all this? Right, right. Well, now I have six kids and now it's like... At right. two in the morning after right. I've had a pot of coffee and right. then I pass out. Yeah. Thanks. But, yeah. So I think it changes for your life and for the project. Yeah. So that That's brings me to my next. What are you writing next? Oh, I'm working on this column that I really like, but it's behind a paywall. Okay. Which makes me so sad. But um, it's a column about the process of writing this book. Added like It's like Serial Killers Plus My Life is the formula which is odd, but it's been working. And it's for Medium has this new members only. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's kind of a publication. Um, but so far I've written about like serial killers plus my background as a pastor's child. Serial killers and she, sex. I'm sorry. You've been sitting here for 43 minutes and 42 <laughs> seconds and you just added that detail. Was this the, <laughs> should I have led with that? That's pretty cool. <laughs> so That's pretty cool. That is an interesting footnote yeah. to this conversation. Yes. So that was um, like a long therapy session to write that piece. But it was, I was happy to get it all out onto the page, onto the website. And so So, where where does family support lie in all this? My parents have always been so great with me wanting to be a writer, which is super chill. They've never blinked an eyelash or an eyelid or whatever. Um, They've been a little iffy about the murder vibes and they know it. And they read this essay and we kind of cried over the phone. Um, so they're very proud of me for having a book coming out, but I think there is some hesitation, 
But my thing is like, um, there's no acknowledging talking about violence. There's nothing morally wrong with that. No. And it's not that my yeah. parents are saying there is, but I think a lot of religious people are very like, don't go there, don't touch it, don't poke the devil with sure. a stick. And I'm kind of like, the devil's around anyway. The devil's around anyway. Poke him. Poke <laughs> Ask him questions. He's not going to win. Yeah. Interview him. Interview. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Write a column about yeah. him. Yeah. So you know, there's some. Not really disagreements there, but maybe some vague. Maybe tension. coming at it from different yeah, lenses. Yeah, fear. I mean, I think people think if we talk about fear. stuff, it's going to happen, or yes. or we somehow yes. are, we do. It's going to be dangerous. Yes. If we talk about uh, killings and or torture or something, mm-hmm. then that means, you know, it's going to happen to us any minute, and mm-hmm. and it's like. Again, the denial factor. I think it's the same thing that that makes us like watch a slasher film and then put a chair in front of the door that night. Okay, the odds of you watching a film about someone getting their head chopped off and you getting your head chopped off that very night are so small. And if that has happened (laughs) to you, please call us. If your head has been chopped (laughs) up after watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre, please call me. Okay, we have a thing, Tori, that we have done. We we name it and we get the callers. The best one ever, we said, if you own a hedgehog, give us a call. And this (gasps) Like adorable oh, six-year-old boy called, named Gavin. Gavin called us and told us about of his hedgehog named, named Fox. Fox. It was oh, the cutest baby. thing. Anyway, so we, I put a shout out. If you okay. no, no, but you're right, Goof. It's like the the chances of this happening are so nil. But when it does, right. it's so scary right, right. that people are like, "Oh no, no, it's catching, it's catching." It's, but exactly. see, and I think by talking about it, you you deflate it. Yeah, I you agree. Like put it makes a, it less I agree. scary. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you see these people as people that have problems and. It's fascinating, but mm-hmm. they're just people. Then it's yeah. not so like, oh my gosh, right? Absolutely, and I mean, it's it kind of gives you some information for avoiding serial killers. Yeah. Dare I say, yeah. you know, you sort of see the warning signs, and you learn not to stay around the the people who are clearly psychopaths. Yeah, know. you know, not know to let like your grandma put sugar in right. your tea. If no, it's, it's probably if you're right. if you if you are cheating on your husband or wife, mm-hmm. probably don't let them serve you a pink. Strawberry milkshake. I'll be like, I'll pass on They're that. They're probably going to murder Say you. Say no to the milkshake. Watch Miles, my husband, likes to go to Steak and Shake. He'll be like, you want to go to... Nope. 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 Not no, today. No, I do not. No, I do not. Not today, Satan. We're going... We're going... Yeah, right. But, but alternatively... Today, no. Alternatively, that's how you would get him, though. Like, if you right. needed to murder your husband, no, I... you would just take him to the Steak and Shake, and then... Done. Why do Either I feel I just like chop his head off? Why do I feel like this audio is going to be in a courtroom one day? <laughs> Exhibit A. Now we call to the stand, Amy Guth. I plead every fifth. I don't know anything at all. I know no one and nothing. I don't know anything anyway. Yes. Yeah. Well. I love this. We're going to take a little break. We're talking with Tori Telfer, author of Lady Killers, Deadly Women Throughout History. The book comes out October 10th, but you can pre-order that thing right now, which I encourage you to do back in just a bit on 720 WGN. Seven twenty WGN. We can't mention Elizabeth Bathory and not play the band Venom. of her oh, same name. Oh, is this the name. band or the song band? Okay. Uh, I anyway, love it. It's Amy Guth and Jen Bosworth. We're in for Justin Kaufman, and we're talking with author Tori Telfer, uh, who wrote Lady Killers, Deadly Women Throughout History. 
please go pre-order this fine book right away. Not only is it a very styling cover, it's it beautiful. looks cool and vintagey, yeah. but it is fascinating. I'd also like a t-shirt of this book cover. Oh, t-shirts too. Well, I'm into I mean, them. I mean, the poster's cool for me, but if there's both, I want both of those things. Yeah. Okay, good. We're just letting you know the merch right. that you We're need to make for We're putting it out there. Us. Maybe a coffee <laughs> mug. Sure. Sure. A tumbler. I would How walk about an area rug. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I would walk around with a with a coffee cup that said Lady Killers. Yeah. yeah. There's gotta be a band called Lady Killers. I would love well, there's that. Movies, plural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's that. Okay. So you have uh the book is officially out October the tenth. You can pre order it now. Um I assume that you will be having many, many events to promote this fine work of literature. Tell us about yes, that. Yes, I hope so. So the launch party is gonna be October tenth at Women and Children First in Andersonville. Excellent bookstore. Great bookstore. Yes, so much Woo-hoo. fun. Um, that's at 7 p.m. So that'll be fun. I'm going to try to get my friends to play creepy songs about killing your lover. And <laughs> you as know, you do, I'll just as tell a do. story or two and we'll have some wine. That'll be so um, fun. I'm in. Yeah. I'm also doing a live podcast show thing, reading thing at Pilsen Community Books, which is great. In Pilsen and yeah. just the cutest, most amazing. So that's with I-94, which is Lumpen Radio's mm-hmm. literature podcast, I believe. Yeah. Um, and then something in L.A., Right. Oh, <laughs> all right, great. Because I love LA. Yeah. Sure. I love it. Yes. That's going to be so That's fun. That's going to be so cool. I'll be at that thing. Awesome. That sounds really fun. Yeah, I, w- I want to come too. Please do. Yeah, I want to hear all about that. I want to get the book, but I think I'll <laughs> wait and not get, and get it at Women and Children first because yeah. I know. The galley is missing a lot of information, so wait oh. for the real thing. All right. Oh. All right, I then. Mean, yeah. Okay. So, okay. Other <laughs> books, other books. Yeah. And then. Um, are, do you already have the thing figured out that you're going to sign in the books? Some people Ugh. write the same thing in every book. You should. No, I want I you don't. to write in mine. I will I, kill you. Okay, <laughs> I want to write creepy things. Separate the yeah, chaff I will from kill the wheat yeah, yeah. of true crime fans. My yeah. favorite one that's ever been signed for me: poet Jennifer Knox, who is very funny and mm-hmm. awesome and, and full of life, wrote to me in her book "Drunk by Noon." She signed it um, to Amy. Good luck in prison. That's great. That's oh, great. That's I was so like, that's good. good. But like wow. some people, I think uh, Jonathan Severn for like draws sort of something with the first letter of your name. Ooh, so there's pressure. You got to come yeah. up with something. Okay. It's got to be your thing. And it's uh, like- I would like you to write that or um, I will kill you or you're dead to me. <laughs> okay. That's oh, that's good. really good. That's you're good dead one. to that's me. That's really good. <laughs> okay, good. Use that one. That's okay. perfect. Because if you're going to. Do you want royalties? No, that was really. It's clown. a gift. It's okay. a gift. Thank we're we're Thank givers. You. As long as I get a T-shirt with okay. the cover, I don't care. <laughs> and I get a poster. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if there's ever a book you could sign, you're dead to me. I think it is yeah. Lady Killers, yeah. Deadly Women Throughout the History. The other thing is, my my friend Keith has a saying that would be good, and this is uh, this life will be the death of me. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Which makes too. perfect Aww. sense. Perfect sense. You know Keith, Keith Ecker. Oh Nasty yeah. Fiesta. Anyway, Keith, yeah. yes, this life is going to be the death of okay. us, you guys. That noted. Okay, so we we have hijacked your book tour. We decided what you're gonna write okay this happens to us someone was on and now we're that we liked it was a filmmaker now we're in their horror movie because we made wow. some demands, we made some demands on her. <laughs> we're lucky in that we're lucky because we're nice and people think we're sweet and then we're like oh you, you're gonna do this for us oh and we're really morbid um so where can people go to find out more about the book and you and connect with you on social media and all that good stuff um people can go to my website which is you can either go to toritelfer.com but that's i prefer if you go to tori.gov.com it's spelled out tori.gov literal dot d-o-t yes d-o-t-g-o-v uh-huh okay it's You're just like it a professional a professional thing I like to do. Oh, okay. <laughs> so if you go there, you can 
see my some blurbs about my book and you can read my blog and you can keep up with me on social media Marvelous. which i would love great are you a native uh chicagoan i am not but i have been here from the age of 14 on and i went to school up in northwestern and so close enough, close uh, enough. does that count i feel yes. like it doesn't but well, it does. yeah it does okay. in my book okay you know Thank what you. i say when people say are you a native chicagoan yeah. i say no but i got here as soon as i could <laughs> that's Perfect. a great answer because wow. it is my home and i have adopted yes. it and i'm here for yes. for keeps Watch some crazy thing will happen. I'll have to move to be like I'm going to uh, guys Zimbabwe. The, the Totesuck Arkansas Gazette has recruited me to be the editor. I'm out. Yeah, something. Who knows? I, anyway, I won't visit there. But I'll they wish have you well. a they legit have a toad sucking competition. Oh. Yeah, I won't. Like I won't you put be. a toad in your yeah. mouth, and that whoever keeps the deadly. toad in their well, I already have an allergic reaction. Oh, you have the Kardashian the mouth. Kardashian thing. mouth. Oh. Not right at this moment, but it'll come back. And uh, <laughs> I don't want a toad suck. I also don't want to go there. <laughs> no. It's bad all the way around. No offense to the fine people of Toadsuck, <laughs> no, Arkansas, and their gazette. No offense. To anyway, so go to Tory.gov. Dot com, com. Or just ToryTelfer.com. Or ToryTelfer.com. Or, or you can put your name into a, a search. The Google. Yes. Yes. Google. Yes. Just Google her. Tory, Tory with an I. Mm-hmm. Telfer. And you can read all about the book, Lady Killers, Deadly Women Throughout History. The launch party, October 10th, right here in our fine city. Go there. Meet her. Say hello. Get her to write You're Dead to Me in your book. It'll be good. Tori, thanks for being Thank with us. So Thank much, you so Tori. much. This is so fun. All right. Back in just a bit. And then we'll get you to news here on 720 WGN. Jen, Tom's playing your song. This is Jen B. and Amy Goose filling in for Justin Kaufman, and it's Chuck Mangione, my guy. I have an obsession with him. We once did an entire segment listening to this song, like, underneath it. (laughs) Heidemann played it for us. She loves this song so much. What was the segment about? Elevator music. It was about... We were talking about, like, funny stuff we we remembered from our childhood, Mm -hmm. and... In particular, we were talking about like a particular grocery store that yes. Jen and remembered. And so I have very fond memories of that song and the AM PM mm-hmm. grocery oh. store mm-hmm. in Evanston. And okay. so you said something like, and it was just there underscoring just, the whole scene. I'm and looking, he potted it back up yeah. and it just stayed <laughs> for like 15 and then minutes. I did like a narrative about um, corduroy, corduroy bell bottoms in the 70s in the AM PM. <laughs> As one did. Anyway, Hi hello. Guys. That was fascinating. The talk about the oh serial killer gosh, stuff. Oh my gosh, what an interesting <laughs> book. I, it's like one of my guilty pleasures is I cannot wait to read about the latest serial killer. I will go on Wikipedia and go down. That the sounds rabbit frightening. Hole. Well, you know me. It's airplane crashes and serial oh killers, gosh. and I'm out the rabbit hole, and, and then all West of a sudden Wayne. my alarm's going off, and I have to go to work. I'm yeah. totally with you in the same <laughs> way. It's I terrible. Love that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, too. I know. It's just it's the macabre of it all. It and, is. And, especially oh. the women that she was talking about. I feel like. What was the, the latest one she said was like in the 1950s? Yeah. So there's a little distance there. So I think it's a little bit less, yeah, you know, right. sudden, immediate. Sure. You can make fun of something it's in almost, the 13th century. It doesn't matter what it's it is, right? It's kitschy in the 50s. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of cute. It's real neato to murder yeah, your husband. Right. Oh, yeah. That was really in that <laughs> For sure. No, that was a very fascinating discussion. I absolutely want to buy that book. So yeah, Lady that'll be Killers. Really cool. Yeah. Uh, we got a fun show today. Yes. So uh, I think a lot of people know that Labor Day has its many roots in Chicago. So yes. we're going to be talking with a history professor a professor professor a mm-hmm. professor who is going to kind of set the scene for us the powder keg that was chicago uh, through the late 19th century after the civil war 
I swear it's not boring. I just said that really boring. No, like, but I swear no. it is really fascinating. He's going to bring it to life. He's going to bring it to life uh, about what was going on during that time. Uh, we're also going to have some food and drink, right? Yes, from Bell Kitchen and Bar. Nice. They uh, just opened in the Avondale neighborhood. And they're doing pretty much a Midwest-centric restaurant. So it's going to be uh, cool. Juicy Lucy's, Horseshoes, that kind of thing. Oh, which I'm really okay. interested because I've never had one. No. Yeah. And I, I know you were from, where'd you go to school? Donner's Grove, University of Illinois. So a little bit further south. But I've right. been to Springfield. Brett's from Springfield but, where yeah. the Horseshoes from originally. Uh, so never had one, though. So I'm excited what? about that. I know. I can't wait. What else? Oh, Esmeralda doesn't drink out of tap water out of the kitchen sink. but she, No, I no. do out of the kitchen, not but not the, the bathroom. bathroom. Yeah. That's Is that a common a thing? It's a lot what? of people do that so if you have tap water i'm I'm so fascinated by this that she will not go to the bathroom sink there's a lot of people like that they think that it's dirtier in the bathroom i'll drink it out of a hose because it's next to the (laughs) it's because it's next (laughs) to the the bathroom you won't do it right in the bathroom it's all rusty probably well also it's because it's close to the toilet maybe that's yeah that's what i was thinking right association is so we'll do about an hour on that yeah (laughs) to lead off to start off we're going to push the history professor back a little bit various faucets it'll be a lot of fun what do you drink out of yeah Call us and tell us about your plumbing. Yeah. <laughs> tell us about your piping. We want to know about your piping. 7200. Yeah, okay. Aww. Well, thanks, guys. Good show. Yeah. Good times. This is Chicago's very own 720 WGN Chicago and WGN If you are an Amazon Echo user, just say play WGN Radio on TuneIn.